Welcome to the Bookshelf Challenge, where the kids give the book recommendations. Uh, I am Emily Campbell, and I'm here with Lindsay Serrano. We are both teachers at St. Francis School in Goshen, Kentucky, and today, no kids challenge us to read a book. Instead, Lindsay challenged me to read a book. I did. This is going to be a mini episode where we talk about Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark by Alvin Schwartz. And boy, was it something. So I remember reading Alvin Schwartz's Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark as a child. And it came out in 1981. And it was incredibly popular, especially because of the very terrible, spooky pictures by Stephen Gamble. Uh, Alvin Schwartz is a folklorist, or was a folklorist. And he collected a lot of urban legends and folk tales, and he put it together for what became a three-volume series. And it got reprinted for its 30th anniversary, which is telling you how old I am. <laughs> and uh, they changed the illustrations. The and, il- yeah. And people were not happy about it, apparently, from no. what I read. And I've looked online. People have gotten tattoos uh, from the illustrations of the original. Horrifying. <laughs> And uh, they were very, very popular. They changed the illustrations using Brett Helquist, who does the series of Unfortunate Events illustrations, and they're beautiful. But I think what made the book so popular is just how nuts the pictures were. I can't believe they were for kids. Even when you see the cover of the original book, it does not look like a kid's book. If it wasn't so short, and if it didn't, like, the title clearly appeals to to children. Right. But the pictures are real interesting. I did not read this book as a child. The first Mm -hmm. time I heard about this book was when I started teaching. I was student teaching in a fourth grade classroom at St. Francis, Mm -hmm. and this book was in the classroom, and kids would want it over and over and over again. Yes. I was like, oh, this is super popular, and I've never read it, and I don't really want to read it. (laughs) (laughs) I think fourth grade might be the youngest I would feel okay what yeah. do you think, giving the book to? Yeah, and I think that it would be up to, like, parent and teacher discretion as well. Not that it's not a book that's fun to read, mm-hmm. because it is fun, but, like, I was a kid that was scared of everything. Mm-hmm. And so for me, in fourth grade, this would not have been a good call, because I would have been up at night, afraid of the ghost in the backseat of my car or whatever. <laughs> like, just... Oh, yeah. Let's discuss that story. Well, before we do, I think we should <laughs> say that if we're going to talk about the stories, and, and you're listening with a kid who is a little more scared like little Emily was, Yeah, maybe this might not be the episode for you. If we're going to talk about the stories, they are a little creepy. Um, they are like ghost stories and killer stories and that kind of thing. Right. So just a heads up if you're listening with a kid, know that that's what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> that was a really good call. I'm glad you put that in there. Yeah. And let's talk about first how it split up. So it starts with stories that you can read at a sleepover. Which was my favorite section of the book. That was the one that was the most fun to me because mm-hmm. it had like, it would tell this story and it would be like a normal story but where weird things were happening and then at the end it would end with like, in parentheses it would say, um, right before you read this last line, get really close to your friend and then scream it right in their face to, right. to freak them out. And they weren't scary but they would be fun to tell mm-hmm. like that and they would probably make you jump if someone was telling it. Perfect. In that way. And I've had a couple girls this year who are in fourth grade check out all of the books because they were having a sleepover. And so they bought, they got all of those books. They also got like a How to Bake Cupcakes book. That's so cute. Book. I love it. And so they use the library to set up, obviously, the best sleepover Did of you all ask time. how the sleepover went? 
You know, I never did. <laughs> I, see, I would want to know if any of the stories were, if they actually used the stories to scare their friends. Because I was yeah. thinking, like, as a kid, I would have probably enjoyed doing that. Like, I remember having a sleepover for my birthday one year, and my mom got us a Ouija board, and we <laughs> did that, and everybody was jumping and scared. We were just sitting in our living room at my house, like, which is clearly not haunted. But, yeah, I think that would have been fun Yeah, as a kid. So we should we should check in with them, see if they actually use. I think we should. And then after that, they have like urban legends. Yeah, there's one folk tales. There's like yeah, there's a section about ghost stories. There's a section about. Um, there's one that's like kind of sing songy. There's a section with more like rhymey kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end, the very last chapter is a chapter that's supposed to make you laugh. Which I did not find myself laughing. I was like, these stories are just kind of strange. But right before the laughing chapter was the most scary one to me, was the things that could really happen. Yeah, so It was more about, like, people doing bad things or attempting to do bad things. I was like, yes. I am not into this. Yes. This is what's scary to me. And I didn't like those. And we have talked about before how... There's one particular story that I didn't realize it has changed my behavior as an adult. Okay. And it was the one that I thought was so scary. Yes. And it changed me. And I didn't even remember it was because of this story. And it was high beams. Yeah. I mean, listeners, you should know that Miss Serrano has some pretty funny reactions when she feels threatened. Like, (laughs) I've heard some very funny stories about how she copes with, like, going home alone at night. Yes. But the, so high beams is about, um, a teenage girl driving home from like a school dance or something. Mm-hmm. And she's driving and she notices that there's a truck following her. Mm-hmm. And every time she speeds up to try to get away from the truck, they turn their bright lights on and shine into her car and it scares her. And so she drives faster to get home and she goes like a different way, but they keep following her and keep following her and they'll turn on their lights for a little while and turn it off. And then she gets home, the truck pulls up behind her, and she calls the police, like she should have done at the beginning of this story. Right, 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 right. (laughs) She calls the police from her driveway with this truck behind her. The police come, get the man out of the truck that's driving, and say, you're under arrest. And he says, you don't want me, officer. You want him. And he points to the car, and in (laughs) the back seat of the car... Currently covering my face. (laughs) ...is like someone in the back seat of the car with a knife who was trying to hurt this girl. And so the driver of the truck says, you know, every time he, in the car, sat up like he was going to do something, I turned my high beams on to scare him, and I followed her home because I... And I was like, this story is awful. (laughs) Everybody should have immediately (laughs) called the police. (laughs) Why is this in a book for kids? Right. And what I do today in my life is I always check the back seat of a car to make Fair. sure there's no murderer there. Fair. I did it this morning because at my house it's very dark. And it's very dark now because it's almost winter. Sure. <laughs> so I went to the car and I kind of, I swing the doors open and go, wah, to surprise. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I, did, I thought, when you told me this the first time, I thought you just peeked through the window. <laughs> Like a moderately more sane person, but instead you like completely expose yourself to danger and you fling the door open and scream. I often wonder, like, what would I do if there was someone? Sure, in the, in the yeah, car, in the car. That's pretty amazing. So I did, did that this morning. Every time you get in the car? No, only when I'm feeling especially like spooky. rattled. Yeah, like in a parking garage or something. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, I the image of you opening the door and screaming like that <laughs> is so funny to me. Just in your driveway or in a parking garage with other people around. That's pretty great. I know. I That's know. awesome. I also recently read that Scary Stories to Tell in Dark is now going to be a movie. Yeah, I'm kind of into that. I, and it's going to be directed by Guillermo del Toro. Who I really like. Who is the director of one of my favorite films. Which, I know the answer to this already. Which is outrageous. Pacific Rim. Outrageous. <laughs> I have it on Blu-ray. Listen, I really like Guillermo del Toro. But that is a ridiculous choice for your favorite movie that he's been involved in. Yeah, I mean, he also did Pan's Labyrinth. Which is wonderful. He did The Orphanage, which is wonderful. He was the Shape Out of Water guy. I think so. I haven't watched that. Seems fine. I, I'm, I, I think it won Best Picture. Yeah, I don't think it's my kind of movie, but I his cannot, Labyrinth is really good. <laughs> I cannot believe Pacific Rim did not win any awards. <laughs> I can. <laughs> That's incredible. Pacific Rim 2 Uprising is not as good, but I don't think he was involved. <laughs> this is all amazing to me. I'm just learning so much about you today. It's fantastic. Now, I told you my the one I thought was scariest, which you the elevator story. The elevator story called like Room for One More mm-hmm. was as a kid probably the scariest for me. Uh again, because it's something that is kind of real life. It you, definitely has ghosts in it. There's ghosts <laughs> in it. But like you can get on an elevator. That's true. And elevators can... Sum it up. Sum it up okay. for people. So a man is sleeping. He has a dream where a car pulls up. Mm-hmm. And someone in the car says, there's room for one more. And it's really spooky. Right. And he wakes up. And then in his day-to-day... Now, I'm remembering this as an eight-year-old. So That's okay. jump in if, I think it's, if I'm I not think right. you're getting it right. Uh, then he is, like, I don't know, at his work or something, mm-hmm. and he gets to an elevator, and the elevator opens, and it's crowded with people. Is it the same people from the car? Yes. And someone in the elevator says, there's room for one more, and he's like, no thanks. He's like, not for me. And I'm not that one more. <laughs> I'll pass. And so the elevator closes, and then it crashes. Yeah. Like something snaps, and it falls down. And everybody like, dies. And everybody <laughs> dies. And I read it as a kid, and was like, well. No more elevators for me ever. <laughs> I really like that you took these as cautionary tales. You were like, okay, and no elevators, and I'll never drive a car, and I can't go to a haunted house. <laughs> and as like a teenager, I'd be like, guys, guys, have you ever read scary stories to tell in the dark? Don't get in this elevator. Yeah. I um, One thing I really like about these stories is how tellable and retellable they are, which mm-hmm. is how they became stories anyway, but we've just told two of them mm-hmm. in the way that it, I think you're supposed to tell them. Right. And so, like, if you kind of like hearing the stories like that, this might be a book for you. Now, yeah. I think we need to talk about the illustrations. Yes. A little more. Okay. Can you describe these illustrations for the people? Well, they're, they look like pencil-drawn, very detailed, very detailed, and just... More scary than you would think for kids. So you describe one picture that made you jump yeah, out of, off your couch. So I don't even fully remember the story. It was one of the haunted house stories. Yeah. But I don't really remember. I think it was called haunted house. I don't remember what the story was about. But somebody's in a haunted house and there's some sort of apparition that they're seeing. Mm-hmm. And um, all of these stories are like a page or two long. Yeah. But in this one, you have to turn the page in the middle of the story to get to the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting on my couch alone. Yep. Nobody else was at my house. <laughs> reading this story. I'm about halfway through the book. 
And I'm like, oh, it's a haunted house story. It's fine. All this apparition sounds interesting. Whatever. And I turn the page to read, expecting more words. No, it's a full page drawing of this ghoul. And it's just her zoomed in face. And I nearly fell off the couch. It startled me so badly because she looks awful. And like it's very Walking Dead. Very Walking Dead. Like, her eyes are just, like, dark, deep holes. Her skin is, like, coming off of her face. Falling off on one side. Her hair is, like, very raggedy and stringy. And her <laughs> neck is too long. And, like, every picture in the book is kind of like this, where there's, even if it's just a picture of a person in the story, there's something kind of off. Yeah. About them. Yeah. Like they're, they're making a weird expression or they're kind of tilting to one side or like mm-hmm. they're not quite symmetrical. Like yeah. You would expect a human to be. <laughs> There's just something a little wrong with the pictures and they, they are quite creepy. Yeah. And I recommend we have both, co- both versions in the library and I usually give to younger kids the Brett Helquist new illustrations because mm-hmm. they're more cartoony. And not as scary. And then middle schoolers who want scary stories, I usually give them the original ones. Yeah. And that would work. <laughs> you know, we go from that. And if, if a younger kid wants to be scared more, well, we'll talk about it. But it depends it's pretty, on the kid. It depends on the kid for sure. Um, Miss Serrano, how do you feel about scary things in general? Like, do you read other scary books? Do you watch scary movies? No. None at all? <laughs> I don't really watch scary movies. No. I don't. You don't like scary books either? I just don't seek it out, I guess. But in the last few episodes, we've had to read some... Yeah, we well, we read the uh, what? Ta- the, the Grimm's fairy tale book. Yep. That was pretty scary. And then, th- and then this, but no, I don't usually seek it out. See, I do. I like scary books. I don't like them all the time. Mm-hmm. But I like to read Stephen King. Mm-hmm. I've read quite a few. Mm-hmm. don't love them all. Right. We, I spent the weekend watching a scary TV show. Mm-hmm. I don't like things with, like, murderers. Okay. I don't like that. But if it's about, like, a ghost or, like, something supernatural kind of, yes. and I can feel afraid, but I can feel like, but, but that it's won't okay, actually happen. this won't happen to me. Yeah. I don't have to, you know, go to my car early so I can yell at somebody in the back seat. <laughs> Other than that, I'm okay. But I think if the Stephen King books that I like had illustrations like this, I probably wouldn't read them. <laughs> So, good job, artist, I guess. Yes, good job, artist. Good job, Alvin Schwartz. His series has three books, and then he's written a lot of other collections of campfire ghost stories and things like that. So, if you like ghost stories, he is an author you should definitely look up. And good luck with those illustrations. (laughs) I hope they don't get you like they got me, but they really got me. Maybe read it with a friend. That might have helped. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, thank you for listening to our mini episode. Um, Thank you to Charlie Patton for our theme music, to Marcy Jackson for our awesome logo, and as always to St. Francis School for letting us do a podcast and hiring us. Yeah, they're the best for that. (laughs) They're smart, brilliant, wonderful people. Um, If you want to suggest a book for us to read, um, email us. We are at thebookshelfchallenge at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Um, you can find us by typing in the bookshelf challenge. And we'll probably pop up. Sounds so, good. Awesome. All right. Bye. Thanks for suggesting the book, Lindsay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>